welcome you if you're watching and, and worshiping with us online. This is a special Sunday. We've got all kinds of things going on. And uh, did my sweetie do a good job on the prayer? She's a good cook, too. I'll just say that. I have a couple of announcements to say uh, today. And uh, one is today's special Sunday. Look at all the flowers we have on the altar. And I'm just going to tell you what, what's going on here. Flowers on the altar today are in honor of Andrew Maxwell Calcoke, who is being baptized today, uh, given by Dr. Uh, Terry Calcoke and grandparents. So, and then we got some more roses. We got babies all over the place here. We have, and that's wonderful. Yeah, roses on the altar. Eloise Elizabeth Crane, born March 31st. Um, parents Bryn and Mary Catherine, big brother Bo. Uh, John Bradley Langston, born March 24th. Parents Brad and Davis Ann, big sisters Madeline and Lucy. And then George Walden Shaddix, born April the 3rd. Parents David and Mary Lynn, siblings Anne, Caroline and Thomas. And then Benjamin Elliot Clokey, born April 4th. David and Allison Clokey are the parents. And then David, Dan, uh, Danley and David are the siblings. And so anyway, we just keep having babies, so good job, good job. <laughs> All right, and um, I want to remind you that uh, after service today, we have Hebrews Cafe is right out here in the Chestnut Lobby. We have excellent snacks today. I will say the snacks are looking really good and, and wonderful coffee, a time of fellowship. So don't just run off when the service is over. Go grab a cup of coffee and snacks and uh, catch up with each other. Tomorrow, Monday, the UMW, or United Women of Faith, has a board meeting at 10.30, executive board, and then our luncheon, which I always look forward to, and that is at 12. So this is a very important lunch. You can still make reservations. Back on that back row, holding the back row down is Dolores. And if you haven't made reservations yet, see Dolores or call her and, and let her know. And then uh, this afternoon at 3 o'clock, if, uh, if you would like something fun and wonderful to do, the Gadsden State Community Choir, uh, Acapella Choir, is going to be performing at, right here at 3 o'clock. It's free. Come and enjoy it. It's always fantastic. Always fantastic. One more thing. Um, our Alleluia offering, you know, we always lead up to Easter and we do a special offering, Alleluia offering, that just because we're so thankful and because God is so good. And we, uh, so far, and I know that people are still going to be, money's still going to be coming in for the Alleluia offering, but so far, our Alleluia offering is, drum roll, we have no drummer, drum roll, oh, drum roll, give me kids, give me the drum roll. $23,393.66 so far, so good job. Good job. Yeah. Okay. So, will you stand with me and let's sing our opening hymn number 370.
What an awesome Sunday. So on the second Sunday of Easter, it might go against traditional church rules, but before we pray, I just want one or two people to say very short, like you don't get a five-minute thing, right? But just shout out a word or something you're thankful for. Just two or three people, something you're thankful for this morning. Cats? All right. Awesome. So the kids are excited about it. So I say this because a lot of times we come to prayer time, we think of all our needs and concerns, but we forget those things, those joys we have, all those things we have to celebrate and be thankful for. So this morning, let's go to prayer with thankful hearts and let us also lift up the needs that we know of. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we thank you Uh, for your work around us all the time. Sometimes we miss those great things you're doing around us. We we thank you for them. We thank you that you're at work this morning. We thank you for Xander. We thank you for Xander's family. We thank you that our kids are here in church. Loving God, we also lift up the burdens that we all have. As each of us have carried in some burdens this morning, we lift those up to you. We pray for those who are sick, who are shut in, who are in the hospital. God, we pray that you will give them peace. We pray for their caretakers as well. Loving God, I don't know all the, what all happened or, or what's going on, but I know there was an incident in Dadeville, Alabama. We lift up that community. We lift up those that have been affected by a tragedy there. And when we don't know the words to say, we are reminded of the words of Jesus that he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I believe the children are coming to sing now.
Welcome to join them. And please turn in your hymnals to number 400. We're going to sing um, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing.
You may be seated. Aren't the kids awesome? I mean, they're awesome. And I love how when I said, say something you're thankful for, all of us grown-ups, we have to think, we have to pause and think, well, what am I thankful to God for? The kids don't have to pause and think. It just comes, it flows right out of their mouths what they're thankful for. This is the second Sunday of Easter. Our Easter celebration in the Christian faith continues. The celebration, the party is still happening. We are forgiven people. We are people who serve a risen Savior. You'll hear it say, uh, you'll hear Christian people say we're Easter people, right? That we believe that God can restore things and do the impossible. So look at our celebration today. We had kids singing. We had a baptism. We have flowers on the altar, roses here, newborn babies into the life of the church and the early learning center. It's a celebration. It's a celebration. But did you know that historically, it's not just here, it's, it's not just United Methodists, it's all denominations, the second Sunday of Easter is really known as a low attendance Sunday, which I think we're doing pretty great today, by the way. But the Sunday after Easter is known as a low attendance Sunday. And there's a reason for that. Uh, we don't judge people for that. We had Palm Sunday, big Sunday. Then we have Holy Week. There's a service every day at noon. And then there's a Thursday night communion service. Some churches have a Good Friday service. And then Easter's really big. And then people not just are tired in the faith community from going to all those services and serving in those, they're also exhausted because they had to be with family on Easter, right? So there's a lot of factors that play into that. But people of faith are tired the second Sunday of Easter. They're exhausted. Um, as you notice, our choir took the week off. Uh, JT has a, uh, is on a choir tour. But members of our praise band get a week off. And some of our church members will decide to worship from their sofa because they're exhausted, right? And that's okay. We love you if you're watching online. Write something in the comments. Um, but the scripture today is for disciples who are exhausted. This is uh, who Jesus appears to as disciples who are completely exhausted. Not only are they exhausted, they're living in fear. They're hiding. They crucified Jesus, and now they're thinking, are they going to come for us next? Let's just hide. Um, so hear this scripture today. If you're tired, if you're scared about something, hear this scripture uh, as the disciples have this encounter with Jesus. And this is one that you've heard many times before. It's John 20, 19 through 31. Jesus appears to the disciples. It was the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. After he, after he said this, he showed his hands and his side. When his disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. Then Jesus appears to Thomas and the disciples. Thomas, the one called Didymus, one of the twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he replied, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger in the wounds left by the nails, and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. After eight days, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hand. Put your hand into my side. No more disbelief. Believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Jesus replied, do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. Then Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence, signs that aren't recorded in the scroll. But these things are written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and that believing you will have life in his name. The word of God for the people of God. Let's pray. 
Loving God, I pray that through this passage that you will speak to our hearts. I pray that you will help us draw closer to you and closer to each other. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's two separate topics that I want to talk about, all right? So two mini-sermons, we'll say. First, the disciples are in fear being told, peace be with you, and then they're sent out to do the work. That's number one. Number two, Thomas and missing out. So we're going to start with these, the first part of the passage, these first disciples that see Jesus. I said they have every reason to be scared. If my friend was crucified and I think they're going to come after me, I'm going to hide too, and that's exactly what they did. But I love that when they're hiding, it says Jesus stood among them, right? Jesus could have done a miracle by picking a lock or just miraculously unlocking the door and walking in, right? Uh, But the way this passage reads, it sounds like Jesus just appears among them. To me, that shows that Jesus has a sense of humor with his friends, right? They're scared, they're terrified, and boom, I'm just going to appear and be like, gotcha. I don't know. I think Jesus had a sense of humor. I could be wrong about how this went down, but that's the way it strikes me. Because it doesn't happen once in this passage. It happens twice that Jesus just appears among them, and I love it. Um, We often talk about Thomas having all these doubts, um, but I think the other disciples had just as many doubts too. If you notice in the story, there's only one difference. They saw Jesus face to face before Thomas got to. He missed it. He wasn't there. So these early disciples, they, they had just as many doubts. They needed to see Jesus raised from the dead face to face. They needed to see the wounds just like Thomas did. Um, and I love that when they have their doubts, when they're scared, Jesus is not angry with them. Jesus doesn't shun them. Jesus loves them. So hear that as people of faith. When we have doubts, when we are scared, Jesus loves us. Jesus is not giving up on us. If you've ever heard a message like that, I assure you, that's not Jesus. Jesus loves them through their doubts. And I love that Jesus says, peace be with you. How many people need to hear that today? Peace be with you. We're going to do something wild this morning. Say, peace be with you to the person next to you. Peace be with you. Y'all just passed the peace. That was pretty cool. I like that. Um, So if we stop for just a minute, stop overthinking life and all the things we have to get done, and just stop and breathe for a moment and hear the words of Jesus, peace be with you. And if that's all you hear this morning, I hope it blesses you. Um, But you know, that's awesome that Jesus says, peace be with you. And then what does Jesus do next? The next thing Jesus says is, guess what? I'm sending you out. And I know they're thinking, uh, Jesus, we're scared. They killed you. I mean, you came back, but they killed you. And uh, they're scared for their lives. And Jesus breathes on them the Holy Spirit. And it's going to push them out into the world, into ministry. Um, Is Jesus wanting to send us out as well? Because I love that they're stuck inside in fear. And I said they have every right to be scared. Um, but we all do that at times, don't we? Scared to try new things. Scared to serve in a new area. We want to stay in our safe little bubble. But God wants us to reach out with, to other people outside the walls with God's love. And Jesus says to each of us, peace be with you. I've got your back. I'm with you. Go share love and hope with others. But it's going to take walking out the door, walking out of our comfort zone. Because the disciples, I would also think they felt defeated, right? They were following Jesus. Jesus is crucified. Now they're living in fear. They probably felt defeated. They probably even felt like God's done using us in ministry. I would imagine that's how they felt. Until this moment when Jesus is going to push them back out the door. That is a great sermon in itself for so many churches, right? And us as individuals, that it's going to take us getting out of our bubble and outside of the things we're comfortable with and reaching different types of people. Um, The second part of this passage is all about Thomas, right? Hear about Thomas. And I've heard this as a youth lesson, children's church lesson, sermons, all about Thomas needing to see those wounds um, for himself in order to have faith. Um, But every time I read the story, I can't help but wonder why did Thomas miss out? Why wasn't he there when Jesus appeared the first time? Have you ever heard the term FOMO, fear of missing out? 
Does anybody have that? I have it all the time, right? Yes, thank you. Somebody here has it. Um, the, the example I gave the teenagers about FOMO and fear of missing out was this. There's a football game on Friday night, right? And you played in the band, maybe, and you're exhausted. The best thing to do would be to go home, take off your shoes, put on your pajama pants, and just relax, right? But you can't miss going to the Waffle House with your friends. Why is that? Because you don't want to miss out. What could happen? Some of you don't know because you haven't been to the Waffle House at 11 o'clock at night. You don't know what could happen at the Waffle House. Pastor Sam, there could be an arrest. There could be uh, a couple breaking up in the parking lot. There could be something. There's always something wild happening at the Waffle House at night. And you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss that story your friends are going to have about the Waffle House. But we all have fear of missing out at times. You don't want to miss the excitement. You don't want to miss the inside joke being part of the story. You've experienced it too. Some of you, probably your friends, are all going to go on a cruise. And guess what? Your boss won't let you off. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I was not invited on a cruise, by the way. But, uh, but they're all sharing stories afterwards. And you missed out. You missed it. And you know what? Sometimes when your friends go somewhere and you missed it, their stories are exaggerated, right? You're not necessarily going to believe everything they say. So I don't blame Thomas at all. Fear of missing out. Uh, the best example I have for myself, it's kind of silly, and it's not really one I'd normally share from the pulpit, but it's the second Sunday of Easter, so why not, right? Marvel movies. If you don't know, Spider-Man, Iron Man, that type of thing, right? Those movies are way too long. Can I get an amen? Okay. <laughs> So uh, if you're like me, you're going to get a popcorn. The popcorn's salty. You're going to have a massive, large drink. And you really have to go to the bathroom during a Marvel movie, don't you? But you can't get up because you might miss Spider-Man doing something, right? And then there's a relief because the credits come on. And you're like, I can get up and go to the bathroom, Pastor Sam. But you can't during a Marvel movie. Did you know that? They show something after the credits in the Marvel movie. You have fear of missing out, fear of missing out. Um, but it's not just Marvel movies, it's everything, it's everything. We have fear of missing out. And when I think of someone that missed something big, I think of Thomas, he missed it. Um, he missed a huge moment. Jesus appears to the other disciples and can you imagine he's just running an errand to go get lettuce or apples or something and he missed this biggest moment in history. Poor Thomas. Um, we don't know exactly what he was doing, but he missed it. And the words of Jesus to Thomas, do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. That goes for us too. We don't get to see Jesus right in front of us in the flesh. We don't get to see those wounds as proof. But we could go deeper than that. Because I would say there's days that it is so clear in front of our eyes the work of Jesus, right? so clear in front of us, a clear sign, a clear move of God. When we have a baptism of a baby, it is a clear evidence of God at work, right? There's no question about it. But on regular days, on a Monday, it's harder to see. If you pause, I would have you shut your eyes, but you might fall asleep on a Sunday morning. But think about your past week. I asked you to do it during the prayer time, but I'll ask you to do it again. Think back to your week. Where was God at work? Were you too busy, too distracted? Because it could have been somebody doing an act of kindness in the Johnson's grocery store parking lot. It could have been seeing God in nature on a hike. Could have been seeing a dog or a cat, because I love that kids give those type of answers. It could have been seeing a baby, but you saw God at work this week. Did you miss it? Did you miss it? Because we can get focused on horrible news stories, and that can be our focus for the week, and that's all we watch, that's all we think about, and you know what? We miss God at work. We miss God at work. Or if we are so busy, so distracted, if we scroll on our phone 24-7, we might miss God at work all around us. Did you notice God at work this week? We miss little things every day, signs of God at work around us. I was part of a pastor's group for a while that would meet, uh, and they would ask for glory sightings, places they saw God at work. Some might say, I saw, um, we had a baptism in our church, or a neighbor made me a cake, and I, I just felt blessed it was God at work. 
or I saw the community helping each other after a tornado. So I ask that when we leave here, we will ask God to open our, open our eyes and help us be aware of where he is doing work around us. Because I don't think Thomas was out doing something bad, do you? I think he was probably just at the market or something. Just busy. That's us. When we miss seeing God at work, it doesn't mean we were out doing something bad. We're just busy. We just missed it. We didn't have our eyes open and our heart open to it. Um, so today, I don't want us to have a fear of missing out spiritually, but I want us to have a hunger, a desire that when we wake up in the morning, we will say, God, I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out on what you're doing. I don't want to miss out on those huge works you're doing in the world, but I don't want to miss out on those little tiny things either. I don't want to miss out on seeing that cat in the front yard that is a blessing. I don't want to miss out on these little things, these little things that we will have our eyes open to where God is at work in the world. We all have those days where it's harder to see God at work, those days that are blah, right? And as this passage says, blessed are those who don't see and yet believe. Those days where you just can't see it, you can't feel it. Those days where we'll be blessed if we just keep the faith and keep pressing forward, even in those days where you don't see it, you can't feel it, just keep pressing forward. We don't want to live in fear of missing out. We just want to have a heart that's hungry to catch every spiritual moment. Um, Thomas, I'm going to close with this, Thomas missed a really big moment, right? And I ask you, do you have any friends that have missed seeing God at work lately? Maybe you have friends that are distracted, busy, sick, whatever it may be, that they can't catch a break to see God at work around them. Is there something you could do to help them see God at work around them? Give them a break, offer them some help? These roses on the altar, I mean, they're a great example, right? Think of a mom that's exhausted, hasn't had a second to pause. Could you maybe cook them a meal if it's a neighbor? Wash a few dishes, hold a baby for them, give them a break so they can just pause and see God at work around them. Then again to the beginning of the passage, Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Jesus is going to send each and every one of us, some to help in new ministries. Some of you saw the kids sing and you think, I'm going to go help with kids now, right? Maybe you'll feel a nudge to help with the clothes closet or ladle of love. Some of you are called to help decorate the altar for worship or help set up for communion. We need helpers for that, right? Some people to help. Um, some of you might feel called to change from helping to Sunday school to start singing in the choir. I don't know what it is, but we are all called and all sent out to get out of our bubble. Um, so Thomas missed something important, and may we not miss those moments. And peace be with you as we get sent out to serve. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you that you are at work all around us every day. Help us to not miss those moments, especially when it's somebody that we're supposed to help, talk to, offer a word of encouragement to. Help us to not miss those nudges. Help us also not to miss those moments where we're supposed to allow someone to encourage us, that we won't blow it off, but that we will take it and listen to those words of encouragement, accept it. Um, God, I pray that you would just not help us miss those moments. And again, help us to reach out to people that have missed big moments lately. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Would you stand and sing our closing hymn, Here I Am, Lord.
can be seated for just a moment. You're probably wondering why Harriet Murray came up here. It's because we're actually going to sing a duet. <laughs> so, uh, I know. At, they hurt your feelings, didn't they? Um, as you know, appointment changes happen in the United Methodist Church around this time. And many of you know that I have been here for a ridiculously long time in the United Methodist world. Um, I actually received a call this past week that I will be appointed to Pell City starting uh, in July 1st, I believe. So it's a really great, awesome area. But uh, it has been an honor to be the associate pastor and youth director here. So, and we still have two months together. So it's going to be a great time. And now, Harriet Murray's going to sing us a song, I believe. I would say, hear the words of Jesus again, peace be with you, and go in peace. 